Welcome to Mice Cast with your hosts Mike and Shaft. Hey. Say hello. Wait a second. Wait a second. That's only two names. What's going on tonight? Why do we have only uh, two names? Okay. I guess we may as well get the big announcements out of the way. First, Greg has taken. No. How did he phrase it? I am taking a hiatus. A I'm hiatus? Going, I'm going on hiatus. What the heck? From, what is he? Is he too big for our show now? I don't know what it is, man. I don't know. You know, no explanation. Well, there's some explanation. He's got some other things going on. But, you know, if you really kind of look between the lines or look a little close, you know, no other podcasts are suffering from his attention. Just just ours. So. Well, okay. Well, I okay. In all due honesty, I will I'll say he has gone into the old teaching profession. He has become a teacher <laughs> this semester over at the local college. Okay, yeah. So, okay, all right. You know, you can cut him some slack. I'll, that, I'll cut him some fine. slack. That's but fine. You, but you you remember I used to also I used to teach film at the local college as well. Yes. For a while, and you remember what used to be told me at the time. Uh, gratuitous verbal abuse about uh, yes. something about um, those that can <laughs> do, those that cannot teach. teach it. So what does that say about Mr. McNaughton? Oh. I do not. <laughs> we're not. We're, oh, not well. we're not drawing any conclusions. We're conclusions. We're just saying, right? <laughs> <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with. But Greg did say that he will occasionally come on to the show during this season that he's teaching when we have certain special shows that meet within his, I don't know, prerogatives. What? Uh, whatever. Okay. Whatever. So what's the other big announcement you have? <sighs> it's for me. What, you're pregnant? No. I'm not going on hiatus either. Oh, okay, I'm, good. I'm... <laughs> You know, I'm sticking. I'm staying loyal. I'm sticking by. I'm standing by. Um, no, I, I, <laughs> go ahead. I was gonna say I've gotten a fan base over the last year or so now, but I don't think I could do that all by my little lonesome. Okay, I'm going to Walt Disney World. I'm, when? Uh, December, just in time for Mouse Fest. I'll be there bracketing the. Well, not bracketing. I'll be there a little bit before Mouse Fest and up through that Sunday. Of so, in essence, you and Greg are going to be there yes. during Mouse. We'll be in Walt Disney World at the same time for the third time in four years. And I'm going to be sitting here on the left coast by myself once again. But I'll keep you in mind. I'll think about you once in a while. Oh, thanks a lot. Maybe I'll maybe I'll you know return the favor and send you some uh, you know picture text from the phone uh, again yes i'm going to be going through my kids uh uh conferences and i'll be getting these oddball pictures of guess where <laughs> middle of their conferences yeah yeah it's fun we're looking forward okay. Air airplane tickets bought rooms booked package booked all that ready to go. Well, needless to say I i'll say it i i am jealous so well, you know, it'd be nice if you could go, but we'll see. Hey, somebody has to take care of things over here at the original, the original theme park, the original Disneyland, not this bull manure that they keep saying, putting Walt's picture at Walt yeah. Disney World. Walt was never at Walt Disney World, so anyway. Right, so that's it. That's that's the two big announcements. What the big announcements? Greg Hyatt uh, Mike. Walt Disney World in December. Okay. 
All right. Um, so we decided we're going to read. Uh, we got a show suggestion, right? An email. Oh, we got a list of show. show suggestions that we've we've been putting on the back burner for so long. And yes, we're sorry. We have not been on. It has been the end of summer. There have been many things happening. You've taken a couple uh, little uh, yes. siestas, Tri- shall we say? Trips. I've gone little weekend jaunts here and there. Anywhere in well, particular? Mostly the same place. I went to the river, Colorado River, Lake Mojave. Lake Mojave, 110 degrees in the shade and ice cold water underneath? Well, no, the water's like 80, well, 75, 80-ish. It's not 110 in the shade. It's, you know, like 100 in the shade. It's, oh, 100, okay. it's 110. Excuse me. No shade. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah no, <laughs> no, no shade. There is no shade out there. There's the yeah, uh, desert. Your largest tree is about five inches tall, I think, out there. Uh. Uh, well, there's some and palms. Yes. There's some palm trees at the marina, but no, it's if you're sitting in the water, you don't notice how hot the air is, and so that's what we do. So very cool. And and, and you... I, I took I took a little bit of a trip. I took a little bit of a road trip with the family. Uh, we did what uh, is known mostly as the Golden Circle Tour. It's uh, going through uh, Arizona, parts of. Uh, just hitting the edge of New Mexico and Colorado and coming back through Utah. So we saw the Grand Canyon and the uh, Petrified Forest. And there's a place without any trees there either. Petrified Forest, all the trees are lying on their side. The The rocks rocks. on the ground, yeah. Now, Uh, Route 66, right? You traveled Route 66? we, we, We took 66 all the way to the Petrified Forest. And then we went north to Canyon de Chez and Four Corners up there to ship rock. And uh, just just shy. Oh, I wish we could have made it all the way over to Cortez and made it over to Mesa Verde, but we did not. We continued back westward into uh, uh, Glen Canyon and Zion National Park, and then good old Las Vegas. Yeah. Which which uh, something we have brought up on the show uh, numerous times that is done and over with now. Uh, the Star Trek Cor- experience. Star Trek. Yeah. All all that is gone. They, they shut that down the September 1st. So I got to uh, experience that one more time. And well, good. And have my, my rings of Beta Z. <laughs> That's right. It's not, uh, I said flaming rings of Targ, but it's the flaming something else of Targ. It's it, the rings of Beta Z. It's the fl- flaming ribs of Targ. Ribs, yeah, okay. <laughs> and, but I do understand that uh, the bars at uh, the Hilton in Las Vegas will still honor a warp core breach. And I highly recommend that drink to anyone oh. that uh, enjoys a good alcohol, adult beverage. And and have a friend to help you. And have a friend <laughs> to help you because, yeah, three sips on that straw and you're already there. So, but that definitely a good drink. Yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, and guess what else? Uh, going to Disneyland. Guess what ended at Disneyland? Summer? Well, end, summer ended. But uh, Golden Dreams is gone. Oh, that's right. It yeah. did, and and the uh, uh, Golden Vine Winery is no more. It's gonna be the preview center, the right? Preview center. The winery restaurant is gone. Which one? Uh, the one upstairs. One upstairs is gone. So the Trattoria is still not even. The yeah, t- there's still even that little goodie downstairs. But okay. yeah, the restaurant upstairs is gone, and. Uh, you know, in honor of the uh, end of the Beijing Olympics, we have uh, bought the Great Wall of China, and we have moved it into Disneyland. We have this huge—I <laughs> mean, absolutely huge—construction <laughs> wall over in New Orleans Square, 
and one that's about well about half the size but it covers up pretty much most of the Tomorrowland entrance so yeah it's construction land around Disneyland so well you know Anyways. that's standard for summer the summer schedule's over they go to operating hours of like 10 to 6 or 9 to 6 or something 9 to 7 and then work 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 yeah, well, 10, 10, 10 to 8 something like that but so what what are we talking about tonight okay. what, what, what what's on the show agenda all right tonight? we got an, a show idea from Darth Vader because Darth Vader because we're an intergalactic podcast yeah I was finally but, listening to that show that you guys did without me when I was up north on another trip but that's another story okay I'm glad you listen once in a while my position is I, I live these things I don't need to listen to them again well I like listening yeah. to the shows too Mm. I right. will be the uh, the uh, ass of the show right now and say I li- like listening to the show to see how we sound. And, well, yes, I like listening to myself talk. So. Yeah. <laughs> Not as bad as uh, some Greg. Other, but some other I do people, like, yeah. <laughs> yes, but I like listening to myself talk. So, anyways, All from right. Darth Vader. From Darth Vader. Guys, thank you for reading my last email on the show. Oh, by the way, we got this on May 31st. <laughs> We're just behind schedule, ever yeah, so slightly. Spooky. Months, you yeah. have written to us. We've read, re- we've read them. We've written back to some of you, but don't worry, we will get to you. Okay. So after listening to your ticket discussion, another topic came to mind that you may or may not want to try at an upcoming show. Looking at the park from the time of inception in 1955 to 2008, what would each of you consider the premier attraction for that decade, as well as what was the most underrated attraction at that time? You could either break it up to the lands, or you could just do a park as a whole. I'll be hard-pressed in my selections in the 80s and 90s for the premier attractions in a whole park selection. It's too hard of a task. It would be for me. You could also do a top three for that decade also. So a decade, you know, 55 to 59. Um, I'm thinking about it. I think we should do 55 to 58 because there's great big changes in 59, right? And then 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and then this decade. And it says, again, guys, thank you for a phenomenal podcast. I love the banter between Greg, Mike, and Shaft. Back on the treadmill well, for another hour and a half. Well, one the ba- third of the, or <laughs> I guess one half of the banter is gone now. Yeah, the, so. yeah if, if you want your, <laughs> sorry, you know, with Greg on hiatus, you're not going to get your asshole fix here. Right? Yeah. The, the, so. the, uh, the attitude is going to be kind of. I did steal this from the uh, secret studio. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So, oh. Okay. Well, all right. So what do you think? You ready to jump right in? I, now, we talked about this before. I think we need to make yeah, it. Keep I, it. I, honestly, for everyone that's listened, we did break the rules on this one. We actually did talk about this earlier. So we have had a little bit of discussion on it. So, so it actually might go smoother. <laughs> might go smoother? Might, might I don't, uh, move I still, along. I just, well, well, let's let's start and see how uh, let's see how we can screw this one up, anyways. All right. Okay. All right. Well, I have a website called uh, it's Disneyland Timeline, DLDHistory.com, and they have a timeline there. So you click on the decades and then list the years. So fifty-five original park opening. All kinds of stuff here. And you don't want to count fifty-nine into this. No, no, because too many great big huge changes. Okay. So, okay, so, we so for the opening years of Disneyland. A, what is your idea of premier attraction and underrated attraction? Well, 
Well, well, well, well, well. I think um, I'm going to go with two. I'll go with one because I know where, where you're going to go with the other one. Uh, <laughs> premier, premier attraction, I think I'm going to go with Mission to the Moon. Okay. I, I, I think, that, you know, that was we were just getting into – we were starting the space race. Uh, you had Sputnik. Even this is even before Sputnik started, but people were starting to talk about it. And to be able to have an attraction that wasn't just oh, let's jump inside and be in a roller coaster or in a Ferris wheel type thing. It was an actual journey to the moon, or at least it made you think you were on a journey to the moon. I would have to consider that probably one of the premier attractions at Disneyland. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna say. Jungle Cruise. That was my other one. I like Jungle Cruise. It's a 55, you know, for the orig an original attraction. It did a really good job of transporting you out of the now, taking you on to the bazillion rivers of the darkest of Africa and South America. So. And what, and, and, I'm going to add to yours there. On the, if you if anyone has a chance to have get a copy of the Disneyland opening and some of the behind the scenes of the Disneyland shows leading up to the opening, um, where they're talking about the building of the Jungle Cruise, they even had at one point talked about having live animals out there, uh, almost being somewhat what Animal Kingdom has become with the safari and everything. But one of the things they realized quickly, not only do you have the hazards of having real live animals, but they tend to sleep during the day. And <laughs> you, you didn't want them to be, you know, you're just sitting at the jungle looking at nothing. They wanted them to be active and everything. So that was, we, we're not quite at the state of audio animatronics, but we were starting to learn and lean into that area. So that I would say that yeah that would be one another premier issue with the Jungle Cruise. Okay, I'm glad we agree. Now you're underrated. Underrated. My underrated attraction. Um, you, you know, it, again. <laughs> it it sounded funny when I was thinking about this one, but I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with uh, the Main Street vehicles. Nice. <laughs> uh, I like people, it. you know, and it, I it think it's just, a great choice. It, it's just one of those things that people just kind of took for granted that, oh, yeah, just jump on the car and everything. They never quite realized, you know, you didn't have those, you didn't have a vehicles at other parks or anything. And if you did, it was usually the little go kart, golf cart that got you from, like at the airport that got you from here to there. Here you have something that, is a themed vehicle. You have turn of the century, 1910 Main Street, USA. And these vehicles were custom designed to be themed into the era that Main Street's there. And for the most part, you know, unfortunately, I have to concede that this would be one of the great things Greg would be here because he has, he could give us all the information on uh, Bob Gurr and the design and everything on it. But these vehicles are essentially street legal machines. They're not just little pup-pup mobiles, but they've been tuned to sound a little pup-pup-pup-pup-pup going down the street. But the, they have real car engines in them that they could be street legal if we wanted to drive it down the street. But they're designed to fit into the era of uh, turn-of-the-century Americana. And I think people in that and 
even the horse-drawn streetcar. Here you have a streetcar with a horse, I mean, with a ho uh, real-life horse pulling it. It's not this little motorized <laughs> cart. Dropping like, his real-life real lemons on the ground, too. Yeah, <laughs> but, you know, uh, Knott's Berry Farm put their little uh, streetcar over there for many, many years, but it was an electric streetcar. that It was a little electric train that ran back and forth on uh, the tracks. Here you have an actual horse-pulled streetcar that uh, just added to the... Uh, but these things, these, things, these things run on natural gas, right? CNG, <laughs> clean natural gas? Horses put it out too. No, no, no. <laughs> the main street vehicles. The, the main street vehicles do now, but they originally were running on gasoline. Gasoline, just like but the they, Autopia. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So I would say that was my most. That would be my most underrated attraction. All right. I'm gonna say my underrated attraction is Circorama. Circorama USA, the precursor to Circle Vision. And again. I think that's an, another excellent choice. That is, of course, me being a film buff. I always like films. Yeah. Well, the but the the concept I think was revolutionary. Yeah. Uh, now, that's not of course, me. you know what the. Do you hear that phone ringing? What? Yes, do I do hear that oh, phone okay. ringing. Are you are you getting messages there when we're trying to do no. a show? No. How, people are calling. How rude. <laughs> that's right. Okay. How rude. <laughs> never right, this before, and you're doing it now. <laughs> okay. Gone. You think he can get away with all this? Yeah, that's stuff. right. That's right. Oh, jeez. Um, another fine choice. Do you know what the difference though between Circorama and Circle Vision is? Yes, the number of screens. And why 11, is that? Eleven screens versus nine screens. And why is that? Because in 1955, I think I didn't think 35 millimeter had. Uh, I'm sure it's been around, but anyway, it Circorama was at 16. It was, it was a 16 millimeter film versus. Right. 35 millimeter film right so they're and, yeah, smaller circa 16 millimeter uses the uh standard three by four format screen and uh 35 millimeter uses, uses the cat 135 or 137 or whatever it is yeah, it's just i just call it academy format yes no it's uh it's 185 i thought 1.85 to one no we went through this. Before. We did go through what this in Academy formats, not considered 185. It's 133, which is, yeah, 133, yes, which is still the 4 to 3 aspect ratio. That's the 4 to 3, but no, yeah. so it's using one. 185. Uh, that's what I thought I said. Yeah, but that's not Academy format. Sure it is. Look it up again. All right. Look it up again. <laughs> Later. All right. No so, research on the show, damn it. No research. No research on the show. Okay. So Google underrated. I, 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 I will agree. I, I liked it. It was uh, Circorama was the uh, first attempt into having a motion pic picture that completely surrounded you. Uh, Circle Vision has taken it to much, much greater limits with, uh, well, now with Canada and China and all the other fun stuff and one of my favorite attractions, and I wish we had it back at Disneyland. Yeah, but I'd we... like to have it back. All right, but listen. 133 you... is not Academy. 133 cited by lay, by lay people as Academy. It's 137. Academy ratio is 1375, shortened to 137. Okay, 185 one... is standard now. 185 is standard. And then 239 is anamorphic. Right. So there you go. It's not Academy format. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Bullshit. Anyway. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Now. So that's a 50s. You, 
you, you, well, you preface this that we had to separate 1959 out yes. of the 50s. We could not yes. include 59. And why is that? Because of the expansion of Tomorrowland in 1959 brought. And, and Fantasyland expansion, too. Okay. But it brought how many new attractions? A bunch? A bunch brought the monorails. Yes. The Matterhorn. Yes. And your all-time so, favorite attraction. Submarines, yes, submarines. All you, e-ticket attractions, right? You you Navy guy, you. I'm, is that okay. what made you join the Navy? No, it is not. And I didn't <laughs> I didn't join the Navy to be a submariner. I joined the Navy to be an aviator. Mariner. Submariner. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. Submariner. submariner. Yes. As far no, as I'm concerned, to, submarines are targets. <laughs> My line of business in the Navy was anti-submarine warfare, so submarines were targets. No, right, but as a, oh, okay. as a kid, you know, when you're five, six, you know, the subs did a really good job, like the Jungle Cruiser, transporting you out. It was very yes. believable. You know, well, the bubbles, since, you know, and all that going down, it just made you, I don't know. And I just who built those submarines for Disneyland? Who built them? Who built I, them. Okay, you're going to say something about Rickover, aren't you? Nope. No. Well, it has to do with Rickover, but very indirect. It was General Dynamics. Oh, General Dynamics, electric, electric Boat yep. Division. Boat okay, yeah. Built them. The same people that built the submarines for the United States Navy built the submarines for Disneyland. Yes, and at the time, Walt's fleet was, what, the third largest submarine fleet in the world or something? Uh, uh, let's. Yeah, I think it was the third largest. No, no, no. It would be the United States... Britain and Russia, so I guess we were the fourth. fourth. Anyway, we're up there, single digit. <laughs> yeah, we were in the single digit, but it complete with with all that, it made uh, Disneyland the eighth largest navy overall in the world. Yes, with the, when you when you counted surface and sub, submarine, the kill boats, vessels. the motorboat crews, yeah, all that. We were the third largest navy, so so I, I would count all three of those as premier attractions, right no, there. I no, mean, no, 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 pick one. Okay, I'm saying well, subs. I'm, you know, uh, it's obvious subs for me. So subs. I'm going to choose Matterhorn. Okay. And the and the reason I will, t I, I, you've had your say with the submarines. I'm going to okay. say the reason I choose the Matterhorn was it was the first major roller coaster that Disneyland had, and it's the design with the tubular track and the pressurized track were unique to where that has become a standard in amusement park industry pressurized uh, track really pressurized track yeah and you know why it's pressurized oh yeah because if, yeah. if there's a break they they'll, they'll know there's a break any weakness or anything the pressure drops and you can see that there's a problem with the track yeah uh the tubular track and having it having it pressurized has become somewhat of a standard in the industry okay. and that was up to that, you were using you know your regular I beam rails for roller coasters. That that changed the whole uh, dynamics of how roller coasters could be designed, and uh, was really a big revolution. And yes, it, yes, it was. I just didn't know that it had, it had that they still do that. They still yeah. pressurize all that. Oh, oh yeah, all, okay. you know all the tracks, all the tracks that we use, and uh, you know all your major large roller coasters. You know even. At other parks, they used uh, they use the tubular tracks and they uh, and they pressurize the interior of the tracks so they can uh, watch for zone weaknesses. 
Because, yeah, if a pressure drops, I know the track's broken somewhere. Yeah, because it'll crack before it breaks. So yep. at the moment this crack shows up, you lose the pressure, and you know there's a problem. Usually on a weld, too. Yeah. So, but, yeah, but yeah, that's good. And I guess we're going to mention submarines and uh, Matterhorn. We have to bring up uh, Monorail. Monorail, the first... You know, this would be great if Greg was here because he could just throw this one in here. That, you know, the first uh, regular operating monorail in the Western Hemisphere. That means North and South America. Okay. And millions of miles safely uh, for uh, the monorails at Disneyland and Walt Disney World. I mean, they made it into an entire transportation system at Walt Disney World. Which would. I mean, which would be awesome if they could truly do that, but it's turned out well, to be the, expensive. Well, it's, it, you know, they complained, they were talking about a monorail in Los Angeles, and they were complaining at the time it was, what, one and a half, two million dollars a mile to build. So that was too much. So we went to a subway system that's about $300 million a mile to build. <laughs> no, it's not $300 million. Dollars was really? too much. Yeah, really? really? Yeah, they're talking about now building an expansion from. Uh, Going down through from Santa Monica the rest of the way down to Pacific Coast Highway in Santa Monica, it's like five miles, and they're talking about close to a billion dollars to build it. So that's just crazy. A billion dollars on a subway that nobody really cares about in Los no Angeles rides, in an earthquake yeah. zone, and the state of California can't even pay its own bills. But that's for another show. <laughs> different different topic. I would or a different uh, podcast of a different subject matter. Podcasts are a different subject matter, like, oh, maybe some sort of political gestures of yeah. uh, some sort. Yes. Something like that. Yes. All right. So 59, we're not going to say there's any underrated for 59. Cause Nothing underrated. No. So where does that bring us now? Brings us into the 60s. 60s. The 60s. 60s. 60s, 60s. <laughs> you know, you brought up when we were talking about this so many things I just took for granted and forgot. Okay, but you can't say. No. But I, I can't okay. say that and forget. Um, okay, premier attraction. Premier attraction for the '60s. Damn it! I'm gonna let you go first on this one. Well, I'm gonna. My answer's not gonna change from our last conversation. It's gonna say adventure through inner space. Adventure through inner space. Again, because of its unique ability to transport you out. Take take you out of the time. You yeah. know and. And the unique ability that it got couples in compromising positions, too. <laughs> yeah, the make-out ride part of it, that's just gravy. <laughs> of course, so I, was sure too, I was too young to <laughs> take advantage of that. But Yeah, I didn't understand any of that until it was all over with. But, you know, I, I told you the story about the uh, guy that when he and his girlfriend got on the ride, he actually had the uh, cojones to ask how long this attraction was. And the right operator looked at him without batting eyes at 15 minutes. And it's 11 or 12 or something like that. About, it's about seven minutes long. <laughs> and as soon as they got inside the mighty microscope, he quickly calls everybody, hey, let's go take a look at the exit. And uh, sure enough, here they come out of the exit. The guy's shirt's off. The girl's half undressed. is like, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh... You know, 60s. I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to cheat because you okay. gave me a really good one. Okay. You could cheat. I'm going to cheat. Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Okay. You know, I, I flat out forgot that that came out in 66. And... 67. 67, I'm sorry. January, right? Yeah, January. Yeah. 67. Doggone it. That was an awesome ride. Um, but I do know what my original choice was. Say Should your I original choice. Go ahead. My original choice was Carousel of Progress. Which I think is a fine a fine choice as premier attraction. Both audio animatronic, state of the Both art. Audio. But we you know, we make we make no mention of the original audio the original animatronic audio feature. Animatronic, which is Tiki Room. Mm-hmm. Um so this is probably where it starts getting into oh, you can't pick just one. But this is a this is an opinion softball issue show, not the. And hey. so while while I'm saying you know Adventure Theater Space, and you're saying a Carousel of Progress originally. There's people yelling at the red pods right now, saying Tiki Room, or there's yelling pirates or whatever. Pirates. So, on a mansion, and or maybe even rocket jets. I don't know. Rocket jets, yeah. But underrated attractions. What would be your underrated attraction for the '60s? Now I, I'm gonna stand by my. Original answer of uh, Mine Train Through Nature's Wonderland. Wow. As the most underrated one? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll go for that. I'll go for that one. I, I can't remember what I originally thought it was, but I, the one I, that comes... What, do you re, what, what was it? You said People Mover. That's the one I was going to go for right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, 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 so I guess I'll stand by my original. People <laughs> right. Mover. <laughs> uh, most underrated attraction again uh, you know like i said with the main street vehicles in the in the 50s um people just kind of uh took it for granted that it was there um exactly. it was always it was always popular it was a great ride especially when you you know you had smaller kids now of course unfortunately my kids by the time they were born we had gotten rid of the people mover but I was with friends with their kids, and it was a great ride. You go on for a nice 20 minutes. You're not just sitting still. You're moving around, yep. and you're going into buildings. But at the same token, you can just kind of hold the kids and let them quiet down for a little bit. Um, and it led to actual uh, – it was an experiment transportation system that was actually built at uh, a number of places, including uh, Houston Airport and uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport used Wedway People Movers. The Houston um, transportation system is, um, that's, uh, it's not people mover anymore. It's kind of like high speed little automated light rail thing. No, like, I mean, uh, it, it, I mean, it it's pops, not like Logan's run. <laughs> no, I mean, but it, I mean, think of, okay, you know, the, the little monorails at Orlando airport, right? They're slow. Right. Okay. Yeah. They're, they kind of look like that. Right, a little narrower, yeah. a little taller, but they they zip into the station, the doors open, you 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 know you jump in there because it starts telling you the door is closing in five, four, three, two, one, shh, off it goes. Off it goes. And it and it uh and it flies. Oh yeah. It goes pretty quick, yeah. Well, uh, it's good that it flies at an airport. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. But Fine. you still got DFW. And and the people mover I s still say is probably a a very underrated transportation system that people really need to reconsider at times yeah i wish it was coming back 
they keep, you know, the rumors keep flying around the park that we're going to be bringing back the people mover in some form. You know, when uh, the people mover was originally built at Disneyland back in 66 and 67, it used tires to to move the cars along. And we had to go and was sponsored by Goodyear because we needed to go through the tires on everything. And it was it worked great. But it was kind of funky in a way when by the time Walt Disney World was built and they put the people mover in uh, Walt Disney World, it was using limb motors, linear induction motors, which are no moving parts. They're magnets. Big old fat magnets. Yeah, magnets on the bottom of the cars and you have magnets in the track and between cycling it through to where it attracts and then repels the magnets, that's what uh, operates the uh, trains there on the people mover in the Wedway people mover over in florida and the one big difference between disneyland and walt disney world disneyland had all these nice little hills and all these things because they could do it with the with the way they the operating system was florida is flat and level because the magnet can't deal with hills and they had to keep the entire system level Today, <laughs> use, they use them to launch roller coasters. <laughs> we use them to launch roller coasters. Uh, and go California, up hills. And go up the hills. California Screaming over at California Adventure is, of course, launched by linear induction motors. That's the way it starts off. Now, you'll notice the magnets go all the way down, but it doesn't go up the hill until you see the big, big, big hill. You'll hear the clackety clack like a chain. But you'll never feel it because that's just sound effects as it go, it's yep. going up. It's all magnets that's pulling it up a hill and releasing it down a hill. So now they have magnets that can actually make the hills, and, and anything can be done with that. So The technology has caught up with the idea. Technology has caught up with the idea. And, again, I think that's an extremely, extremely underrated attraction. So anything else from the 60s? You no. know, we never. We, did, we, did we ever mention House of the Future? No. We should mention the House of the Future. As what? Underrated or underrated. premier? Okay. Underrated. underrated. Underrated because nobody went in there? Or no, nope. underrated because... People went in there, but they forgot about it. And oh. it... I mean, out of all things that Disney has done, that really did spell out the future. Uh, it talked about everybody having some fancy thing called a dishwasher in their home. Uh, this fancy newfangled thing called a garbage disposal in your home. And, oh, what about that a mana radar range, the microwave oven that will let you cook food in a matter of a couple minutes instead of a couple hours? Um, people thought that was total science fiction, and yet that really did spell out the future. Those are the things that... You kind of look at a person, especially in the United States, you kind of look at the person with a raised eyebrow if they don't have a microwave and, you know, a dishwasher in their house. <laughs> now they do. <laughs> in, 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 in some <laughs> some form or another. Every, everybody has a microwave. Every college dorm has a microwave. Even yeah, if you yeah. don't have a dishwasher. I mean, even if your dishwasher is the uh, nerdy guy that sits down at the end that washes your dishes when you make them. But, I mean, everybody has a microwave for your microwave popcorn. Or and yet whatever. They, yeah, and these were things that were spelled out in the House of the Future. Now, 
I will say I'm still waiting for my cupboards to come down from the ceiling and my <laughs> pantry to pop up out of the center of the table. But hey, one never knows. So uh, that 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 does awesome that feature. deserves honorable mention in there. Okay. Honorable mention. That's honorable that's mention. Fair enough. Okay, so is that enough of the sixties? Shall we go yes. on to the seventies? Absolutely. Seventies. I have one premier attraction. Go ahead. <laughs> I know what it is. The the one, the not quite the original, but Space Mountain. Yes, excellent choice, Space Mountain, premier attraction. I'm uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of torn between um, three. Okay. Um, two are animatronic attractions, and the other one's another roller coaster. Okay, what are what are your three? So I'm hoping you can like help me decide. It's gonna be Big Thunder. Excellent attraction, 1979. America Sings. Pretty good attraction. I really liked it a lot. That's what took over the carousel building from uh, Carousel of Progress. Yes. And Country Bear Jamboree. Excellent attraction. I really That's one I still really do miss. But, at but you Disney know what? Land. I think I'm going to say Country Bear is my underrated attraction for the 70s. I'll agree with you there. I think uh, I'm going to say that. I'm going to say Country Bear is my underrated attraction, and I'll stick with the roller coaster for my premier attraction. Okay. So America Sings, you know. America, Sing, America Sings will give honorable mention to. Yes. Let us let's talk about these things and why we mentioned what they are. Wait, wait what's going to be – go ahead. Let's add your your underrated one to the mix, and then we can talk them all at once. My, my underrated one for the 70s would have to be – Hmm. The Main Street vehicles again. <laughs> okay, uh, that's, you know, is that, I, 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 I sense a theme you, here. You lose, <laughs> you, you, you lose those vehicles on Main Street. You've lost Main Street. I mean, they just add. So what the? I'm getting calls now. Ah. Um, I I'm starting to sound like Greg. Oh, what has happened to me? Are you home alone? Um. What? Are you by yourself? No, no. Oh, okay. No. The rest of the family can get the phone over there. It's just I got this nice my nice little candlestick telephone sitting next to me. It makes this pretty ringing. It actually rings a bell. It's not one of these little electronic things. It rings a bell. Yeah. And it has a rotary dial. Yes, I remember the phone. So, but you know, you lose those vehicles on Main Street. I mean, you've lost so much to Main Street. You've lost so much that, uh, what, what am I trying to say? The ambiance. Uh, hmm. it, it just is another window dressing. But those vehicles really add a lot to it. And people just take them so much for granted that, oh, yeah, we'll just go on that. So Okay. I, I'm going to stay with that. All right. Fair enough. So. All right. So, shall we go throw oh, go right. shall so, we talk about the the premier attractions though? Okay. So, Space Mountain came um, after Disneyland, you know, uh, Disney World's Magic Kingdom and Disney World. Yeah, Magic big, Kingdom had Space Mountain first. Big old hype, right? 25 25 hour party or no, that wasn't for that. That was for something. No, else. that wasn't that wasn't for that. No, but we did have six of the original Mercury 7, all six astronauts. That uh, was still alive. Road Space Mountain yeah, because you know, Gus, Gus, Gus was dead. Yeah, Crispy Gus had, uh, yeah. 
Screaming That's Alpha. Rude. Screaming Alpha. That's... <laughs> so rude. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gus Grissom, along with uh, uh, what, astronaut uh, Wyatt and yeah, Jaffe, uh, yeah. were killed in Apollo 1 accident. But the other uh, Mercury astronauts uh, got to ride opening day for... Uh, Space Mountain. You know that that there there is an interesting story that goes with that. That, that reminded me of one real quick. Um, talking to a friend of mine, who was with the escort team that escorted the Mercury astronauts around Space Mountain and around Disneyland that day. They were at a little luncheon and they were talking about, well, you know, who's doing what. This is when, um, uh, uh, oh, doggone it, John Glenn was starting to get into politics a little bit more and everybody okay. else. Uh, uh, Gordon uh, Gordon was getting into uh, automobiles and whatnot. This prime example of why you need to research who you're sitting with at the table during lunch. One of the escorts, one of the people from guest services, the plaids, city hall people that's doing the tour guides, that's escorting Mrs. Grissom. Oh no! Around the park, at lunch, goes, what turns to her and says, "And Mrs. Grissom, what is your husband doing?" Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, you no. idiot! Um, so hot. Yeah, she... that was. Talk about awkward moments there. Oh, well, no. she just, you know, Mrs. Grissom, Betty Grissom, just flat out looked at her and goes, "He died." And she goes, "Oh, you know, airplane crash? No, he died on Apollo One." And the the tour guide is just like dumbfounded on the whole Oops. thing. So, yeah, dumbass. All so right. awkward moment on that one. But yeah, thank yeah, space, space Mountain. Yeah. Space Mountain. Space Mountain. I, I, I'm going to go on to, to uh, my my reasons why. Again, it was a revolution in roller coasters. It's completely enclosed. Um, inside again, a building. You're using inside inside a building. Yes. Um, Weather has absolutely zero effect on this uh, attraction because it, it makes its own environment. Uh, the show effects that were used on it are awesome. The design of the coaster, again, another step on the uh, design phrase. We talked about the tubular tracks. We talked about the uh, pressurizing the tracks. Here you have a superstructure that actually moves and shifts with <laughs> at, to distribute the weight as the, as the uh, rockets move through there that's still the craziest and, thing to watch oh <laughs> yeah that anybody that has the move around like a like a carnival mad mouse uh, yeah, portable it, roller it coaster like, <laughs> yeah it, lo it looks like your uh was it lecture set as you move things around and it's just kind of shifting like an earthquake thing yeah anybody that uh has the opportunity to ride space mountain when the lights turn on uh it's a little nerve-wracking when you sit there and you notice that it will shift a couple feet just to adjust for the weight of the uh sled as it's going across there but that's part of the that's part of the design the structure does that so if you made it rigid uh it puts too much forces onto the structure allowing it to move redistributes that and it takes the inertia off of the structure and um, keeps it intact but it makes it so it doesn't have to do as much work as it would have to if it was rigid and that was one of the funny things when uh, they were talking about on Travel Channel the building of Expedition Everest over at uh, Florida yes the, when they were building it they build 
a similar superstructure for the roller coaster itself. So this superstructure has to be flexible and be able to move, and it has to have the room to move. As a consequence, it cannot be physically attached to the structure of the mountain because the mountain is very rigid and it has to maintain so. So the structure that actually supports the attraction is completely separate structure from the mountain itself, unlike the Matterhorn we have at Disneyland, which it's in, it's yeah. integrated as a single structure. And they were saying that was real a real trick when they were building it because they can only build so much of this, and then they had to go back to this other part and build it. And it was like going back and forth between the two structures, and they had two teams. One team would sit out, and one team would work, and then that team would sit out while the first team worked building this attraction up. That's nuts. So, but it, it, that, that's the way it's designed. That's the physics of it all. It's just, and that's why I think Space Mountain is uh, definitely a premier attraction. It really set a whole new standard. And I'll, I'll take the line that a newspaper wrote about Space Mountain. Anybody can build a roller coaster. Disney built a Space Mountain. So. Okay. Chill. Let us. So. On to your okay. roller coaster. Right. Big Thunder. I like Big Thunder because I'm going to repeat my theme of immersion. You know, the little diorama scene at the end that did a real good job of depicting you climbing up to a cave entrance that was collapsing and, you know, the earthquake and the subwoofers and all that. And then the, the earthquake uh, and the shit. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then the, um, and, and the track shifts. The whole track shifts to be able to tilt the train back and forth going up through that scene, too. That doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, it doesn't? But, Shows you how long it's been since I've been on that attraction. You haven't been on Big Thunder? I don't notice the, the track rocking back and forth. I always notice that. I guess I need to pay attention then. But either way, yeah, when yeah. I first heard it, I was like, wow, that's that looks pretty cool. Because, you know, they'd close the doors and it would be dark and you wouldn't know that the Especially if you're in the back, you didn't know the train was going to not keep going at first glance. Yeah, you know? it, has, it, has, it has kind of that little illusion like it's going to continue going on up. Similar again to Expedition Everest. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's Big Thunder. And then, you know, Country Bears is underrated because you're not, it's an animatronic attraction that's fun. And, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll definitely agree with you on Country Bears. It's it's a fun show. It was a great show, and it lent itself a lot it, as the years went by, where they changed the show. They added the Christmas show, first and then they overlay. added the uh, <laughs> yeah the over. I mean, that was one of the first attractions that had a that yep. had a holiday overlay. Yep, yep. And then later on, they went to the uh, vacation the uh, summertime vacation show. I like the vacation. And, yeah, it was great. It just it, it continued to grow and it continued to get better. And it wasn't and it lent itself to that because it was a good old what do you want to say, vaudeville style type yeah, show yeah. that lent itself to a little bit of slapstick and yeah. yeah. Sight gags. They can keep on growing and, and you know, anybody that can that wants to talk about a character is Big Al. Talking about blood on the saddle in the first <laughs> song and then <laughs> When he's talking about, uh, oh, what was it, uh, walk, um, what was it during the Christmas show when he was, the song he was singing, I'll, I do remember when they were doing uh, Walking Through Winter Wonderland and the lights go out, and he's still singing it, just walking a winter <laughs> yeah, wonderland. That's right. 
but it lends so much to so many different things there. So I will definitely agree with you. Obviously, and underrated because, you know, no one went to it at a certain point. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that it's still in Florida. I hope Florida continues to take good care of it. I, I've heard, I heard some bad stories from there. I've heard rumor that it's getting re refurbed, rehab, so maybe yeah, they're I, I heard that do something with that it. They were definitely doing a lot of work to it to uh, bring it back up to date. So I hope they do take good care of it. I'd like to see it come back in some form. I, Again, rumors have it that it was supposed to come back in the uh, Grizzly Peak area around Red, uh, Redwood uh, River Trail area in California Adventure. But if they're planning to put it in that area, I sure don't know where. So I just hope maybe, you know, like Circle Vision, I'd like to see come back. I'd like to see... Uh, Country Bears come back in some form, too. Uh, country Bears. The 80s. Oh, goodness. Lots, lots, lots. A lot of uh, things took play, place in the 80s. Um, all right. Well, I'm... Go ahead and say what you're I'm, thinking. I'm trying to refresh my memory. I might have to go with an obvious one for my over, my premier attraction. I, I'm. I, I think I'm going to go with an obvious one. Oh, geez, I'm, I'm trying to remember if this is the one I chose uh, before. Star Tours. Okay. Was that the one I chose before? Uh maybe. I don't remember if it was mine or yours. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Star Tours. Uh, you know, we all saw the uh, simulators that came up in the in the shopping malls. You know, pay your five bucks and get to go race a Le Mans car or something like that. But she only had like two or three seats in that thing, and suddenly here they're taking the same type of technology, that simulation type technology, and they're putting 40 people at a time in these things. And it pushed the limits of what could be done and really added a whole new aspect of shows that later went on to Body Wars and a couple other different... I mean, it lent itself to... Uh, um, Indiana Jones later on. Oh, I mean that the the ride motion simulation the type technology, the motion okay. simulation, yeah, most simulation platform. So that's going to be my premier one. Uh, I think I remember what your premier one was. Oh yeah. Or maybe it was mine, and we had them reversed. Splash. Splash. I that's said the splash. one I remember. That okay. Splash. I think you said splash. And yes. yes. So. Deja vu. Yeah, we're saying the same things over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Splash Mountain, you know, animatronics, log flume ride. Um, I will say Bright. Splash Mountain is what killed killed uh, America Sings. America yes. Sings. But it was brightly. Left the building in 10 years. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I mean, stage lighting, you know, another immersive environment. Uh, and the whole. And. You may get wet thing was. You I know, I actually had a lady. <laughs> underestimating how much. Lady com get. Yeah. Lady came up and complained uh, last week to. Well, fortunately, not to me because I would have just looked at her and shrugged. But she complained to one of the guys I was working with. And he said, you know, he said, yeah, whatever. You know, basically gave her lip service. I'll talk to somebody about. It. She complained that she got wet on the ride. And afterwards, I looked at uh, the guy I was working with, and I go, um, which one of the 15 different signs didn't she notice that says you may get wet on this ride? 
No kidding. And, how about you know, when you're getting but, on, you see the people getting off and the whole log's covered in water. How about so, that as but, a clue? And, <laughs> you know, be, honestly, this is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's 95 degrees outside. I would have loved to have gotten soaked on that ride <laughs> at yes. that point. Um, you know, be thankful, lady. Jeez. Um, but, yeah, very good attraction, very immersive. You're right. Um, only bad thing I can say on that show. That siren's in Anaheim, by the way, not where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. My ride's coming. <laughs> I got to go, Mike. My ride's okay. here. Okay. No, no, no. Um, uh, the uh, the only bad thing about it is very few people, I think, know where that attraction comes from, what it's based on, which is Song of the South. Yep. And those that know, I think even fewer have actually ever seen the film. I'm sure lots which I'm of fortunate. I'm sure lots of DFs out there enough, know where it comes from. Unfortunately, what? Yeah, Sorry. I'm fortunate. I, I I'm fortunate enough. I have a copy of the film, so. I racist. got it before it got restricted. Yes, <laughs> You're a big racist. You know, I I, I I learned it's not racist. <laughs> I, I I learned some tricks from some people. You know, when you buy laserdisc, which I bought laserdisc in the mm -hmm. past, and I still have my machine. Uh, laserdisc internationally, worldwide, is all the same format. You don't have like different formats like you have on DVDs and videotapes. Laserdisc will play on any Laserdisc machine. It's the output so what that's, you, that's country-specific. NTSC. It's, right. It, oh, whatever, yeah. It, it, laser is not country-specific. It's it, it was the first digital um, No, no, the video. output, the machine. If, if you, the, the machine had, you, to, the had to output its signal yeah. to the television that would understand because there's different right. broadcast standards throughout the world. Right, right. But unlike DVD, where you have where it's regional specific, yes. Laserdisc was. So these movies were sold overseas, like uh, Japan, where they love Song of the South, and you can buy it in Japan. And so I learned from a friend of where to buy Laserdisc from Japan, of stuff that you cannot buy in the United States, and this was one of them. So nice. It was very nice. And, yes, laser is going out, and my machine is... I'm going to have to eventually transfer this stuff over <laughs> somehow. Yeah, sooner rather than later. Yeah, my machine is starting to show its age. Problem so. is there's no, you know, high-def digital output on any laser disc machine. They grab it to no, look there, at it. All, it's all standard. But Bob Iger has mentioned this last year. That they they're talking do, about yeah. releasing Song of the South on DVD. That would be awesome. I, I will be... Maybe not the first person in line, but I will definitely be a buyer. So, um, what would you right. say underrated for the 80s? I am going to say it's not an attraction. I'm going to say that the, the Fantasyland makeover in the early 80s is underrated. Oh, uh, I think I think it was with, taken for granted that it was when it was closed and and they closed Fantasyland. With, they redid the facades and all that. And Gummy Glen and Rescue Rangers and no, not that. I'm talking about the the where they took away the cardboard. Oh, oh, oh medieval, you know, I painted the, re the refurb of Fantasyland. The refurb. 
refurbishing of Fantasyland, 1982 and 1983, yeah. and the reopening of the new. You know, and they put in Pinocchio, <laughs> right? <laughs> that you know, that is my choice. That that that's underrated. People don't appreciate how cheesy and carnivalish Fantasyland looked until they did that. Hey, they don't remember. When we talked about this. When we talked about this. This was my rant. This was my rant uh, when we were talking about this earlier. So I will agree with you wholeheartedly. 120% completely. Okay. People did not appreciate Fantasyland. And I'll mention this. I'll, I'll, I'll say what I said before. For those in Florida who have grown up with the design of Fantasyland, you really do not have a good concept of where we were in Fantasyland at Disneyland prior to 1982 and where we went after 1983. Fantasyland was one of the last, was what when Disneyland was being built, Fantasyland was one of the last areas to be completed originally in 1955. And it had a few things added on to it. And as a consequence, a lot of the funds were, were starting to run out. So when they built the rides, they really didn't have the facade work available to put in front of the rides. So what they did was they t took these, like you said, Mike, cardboard cutout they were looking. like cardboard cutouts. They were plywood cutouts that they just painted it with little shields and little, uh, lots of, lots of shields yep. and all these little things on there to make it look like it was, uh, you know, medieval tournament kind of, kind of exactly look, you and it looked bad. Dumbo, um, Dumbo, the elephant ride. I think we had a, a couple less elephants on the attraction, but it was in the middle of Fantasyland. It, it was since moved, but it was in the middle of Fantasyland, and it was over concrete. It didn't look any different than your little flying thing that you would see at the local fair or the carnival that was coming through town. It looked the same, except the railing, instead of being this temporary railing, was a much more permanent railing around it. And it was flying over the concrete. It didn't have all this beautiful little fountains and water, gizmos yeah. and the cog and the water that it has now. Fantasyland was really cheap. I don't want to say it was cheap. Cheesy. But it was cheesy and then as things got built in later on you got the pirate we had the pirate ship that was at was there at the beginning but skull rock and everything was added into it later on and then we had alice that was added in everything well we lost but we, really we lost didn't... skull rock in the in, in the right in the but redo. we really didn't have the design of being this old world uh couple hundred year old area European area that was originally part of the plan for Fantasyland they wanted to have this old world flavor so in 1982 they shut the entire land down and it was really amazing because you want to talk about construction wall city uh, Fantasyland all, you're talking about one entire large area of the park that was closed all of Fantasyland the only thing that was open was the Matterhorn and some of the time small world some of the time you can get up to it and they completely gutted a lot of it, rebuilt the buildings, and then made them into these nice, old-world-style European houses, right down to the tile on the roofs. Uh, we had all the, the smokestacks. Yeah. 
Yeah, on Mr. To- on Toad Hall. All nine smokestacks were up there, and they were working smokestacks. Originally, they had steam coming out, and at night you had purple lights hitting, so you saw smoke coming out of the smokestacks on Toad Hall. And you had, uh, we added an attraction. We added P- uh, Pinocchio into it. You had the evil queen looking out over uh, Snow White. Uh, they built this beautiful Dumbo attraction where the pirate ship and Skull Rock used to be. I, I missed that, but it's a beautiful Dumbo attraction. They built all this. They had all this fanfare in 1983 reopening it, and they advertised it as the new Fantasyland, and people went in there and said, huh, where's the new Fantasyland? This, this is... Still the same rides you had before. Where's the new Fantasyland? It's like, you asswipe. Don't yep. you see? Take a look around. Don't you? You know, it's you got not Pinocchio. That's new. Little... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's not the cheap little cutouts that you had before. This is really a nice looking area. You turkeys, take it. You know, enjoy it. And even the attractions were really uh, done up to where uh, they put. Uh, fiber optics. I remember particularly in uh, Snow White seeing the little water dripping and everything, the fiber yep, optics yep. in Snow White. And the lighting that was added in Peter Pan that really, when you came flying into the area, it really looked like you had stars all around you because they added these little post lights similar to uh, the uh, fireflies you have in Pirates, but they were all surrounding you as you went into. Uh, Never Never Land. So you really felt like you're in the star field. Yep. And people are going, well, you know, I've been on Peter Pan before. It's still the same Peter Pan attraction. It's like, it's completely different. Don't you see all neat new things and everything looks just awesome. And people just sat there and go, well, I don't get it. Here's the funny thing is that if that happened nowadays, then people would be all over it. I mean, look at the look at yeah, how, now, look look how people got up in arms over a change to pirates, right? Everyone knew what was coming. Yeah. You know, people came on that day to see it, right? Hour and a half line when pirates reopened with the new stuff. You know, so if that yeah. if that kind of thing happened now, the place would be jammed, and you wouldn't well, have no problem with people understanding what the change was. But well, we're getting ready to do exactly the same thing now over in California Adventure, where. Uh, they're going to be getting, you know, the whole entrance area is going to be completely changed. They're going to get rid of the Golden Gate Bridge. They're going to get rid of uh, the whole facade work for greetings from California and the whole facade work of engineer toys. And they're going to change it to a more of like a 1920s style uh, well, Los Angeles. Hollywood slash L.A. when Walt got here. Yeah, 19, which would be about right around 1920, 1921. So they're they're going to change all that facade work, and there's and you know the artwork really looks nice. And I'm I I have to say, as much as I'm going to miss a lot of things, I was just in California Adventure uh, a few days ago, just before uh, Golden Dreams left. I had to go see the movie one more time. Sure. I was I was really admiring uh, the artwork with the mural. That's up on the entrance, on both sides of the entrance of California mean, Adventure. You mean that mural that's supposed to evoke a postcard? Like yeah. Yeah. The word California, my, you know, the sun rising or setting over the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, yeah. All right. And my daughter was looking at it, and since, of course, we took a trip up to Northern California at the beginning of the year, she was looking at it as well. 
and suddenly she's going, well, there, there's the Sequoias. We've been there, and there's the Redwoods. We were over there, and we've been over here to San Francisco, and we went over here to Monterey. And she's picking out, and, and there's Yosemite. She's picking out all the places that we've been that are depicted on this mural, and I'm suddenly, now I'm seeing it through her eyes, and I'm going, I really will miss the mural. But I also am really looking forward to the new designs and the way they're going to be redesigning this whole entrance area. Yeah. So, um, in, you know, in the next couple of years, as they change this out, we'll see if people, you know, when they reopen it, will first of all, will people even notice it? Because it's just a facade change. It's just a theming change going into the area. Well, they'll notice. It's not like we're building a new attraction. And will they truly appreciate it? That's the $64,000 question, really. But I Grant, people... Granted, Disney has to be able to pull it off and be able to make it look good. But will, if they do pull it off and make it look good, will people appreciate it? I, I think so. All right, so, should we move on? We've Yeah, I guess that was enough of a rant, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Rant for the show? Okay. What was your underrated attraction for the 80s? You know, I, I, I really didn't have one. Um, I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I just chose here it to comes. accept yours... Uh, your fantasy land one because yeah, oh, okay. you just wanted to grab a couple people and choke the living um, caca out of them. I thought you were going to say main street uh, vehicles again. No, no, I, I did that with the seventies and I'll probably do that again in another 20 years, but um, no, I'll, I'll save that one. All right. So nineties, nineties. Yeah. I will mention one little thing. That's kind of, a, that's okay. kind of a little underrated. <laughs> Go ahead. Magic Eye Theater. Oh, oh God! Very, you know, me being a film dude, <laughs> I, I like my movies. Uh, very, oh, very cool, uh, very unique system. And okay, granted, we, you know, the first movie we had, Magic Journeys, was just an experiment, and I think it was a really neat experiment. Second movie was cool for the first two years until we found, you know, Captain EO, until we found out more about bubbles and muscles uh, the snake and, and and the jesus Macaulay juice Colton. <laughs> so and, and now you have yeah, shrunk down is but I, I but i i will say that's that's a little underrated because that that started pushing back the uh concept that you can really do a 3d show and people will enjoy it it won't look like it came from outer space it'll actually look like you could do a really decent show with sure that. you could do something fun and Especially when you have a show that's written by George Lucas and directed by Francis Ford Coppola and still has two million mistakes running through it. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Let's continue on. Go ahead. 90s. Um, Two obvious ones. I'm going to have to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with the first obvious one, Indiana Jones. Okay. I I, I don't Was that the one I chose last when we talked about last? No. It, it isn't. <laughs> what was the one that, okay, that was the one you chose. Yes. That's okay. I'm sorry. You okay, can I'll have it this time. It. What was the one I chose? Roger Rabbit. What was the one I You chose Roger, Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit. Yes. Yeah, I chose Roger Rabbit, didn't I? Yes. I, I, I will go with Roger Rabbit as, as a premier attraction. Okay, and I'll stick, um, I'll stick with Indiana Jones then. With Indiana Jones. And I, I, and I will explain why I choose Roger Rabbit as a premier attraction. Um. You have a whole new ride system that's that was that's in the attraction. Plus, now you have an attraction. You know, are you still there? 
Yeah, I'm here. Suddenly, I heard I heard a funny click here. Okay. Some, I think Greg's tapping in, trying to get in oh, on the call. I don't know. Too bad. It's I'm I'm having conspiracy theories left and right right now. Um. No. Uh. And for you know, up to this point, you had attractions that you were always facing forward for the most part, and so you can leave a lot of ugliness in the sets in back of the audience because they're not going to turn around and see the lights that are illuminating the sets. Suddenly now you have to work with all directions because, you well, as you're going through Roger yeah. Rabbit, you can spin it all the way around and face any direction you want. So now you have to build sets that go every direction and light it accordingly, but all the lighting has to come from above because you can't put an ugly spot in back of anybody because there's no back so i i will go with roger rabbit and for it, it, again it it's it was push it's pushing the envelope and it's creating uh, new opportunities for new shows all right well indiana jones i think is kind of obvious the whole motion control you know the the thing rolls on its wheels and and the the seating area is mounted separately on gimbals and through that system they can make you think that the the Jeep is rocking back and forth or the bridge you're on is swaying back and forth when everything's actually rock solid. And, and you know, you know, the one that always trips me out is when you have the darts flying past you. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, I mean, the blast of area. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, of you course, feel they, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. I was it's not just like you can feel the cannonballs and in the uh, pirates now. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is they took it a couple steps further and put the cannonballs to where you feel those cannonballs go across your back as they shoot from uh, the ship to the fort and vice versa. So, um, yeah, Indiana Jones, um, another obvious choice kind right obvious, there. Yeah. It, it's very, it, and it's set up, uh, of course, for, uh, what is it, uh, Dinosaur over at Florida. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't think Same besides what – what we have built at Disney, I don't think anyone else has built anything similar that comes close to what that attraction has as far as ride system on that attraction. Mm -mm. I don't think so either. Yeah. All right. Overratedness. Um, underratedness, rather. Underrated underrated attractions. Underratedness. Um, hmm. This is a good one coming up in the 90s. I'm, I'm trying to think of what got opened up in the 90s and just lots of shows uh, lots of shows uh lots of different things um you know i can't think of I, I i can my personal favorite it's gone now tom sawyer's island um it's now pirate island i don't care how you want to say it tom sawyer's island as we knew it is gone um <laughs> i think in it was kind of losing its luster. So in the 90s, you're the saying TS, Tom Sawyer's Island was underrated? Is that what yeah. you're uh, I think a lot of the, because, you know, a lot of the kids, they had no clue who Tom Sawyer was or who Huck Finn was. So most of them couldn't even tell me who Mark Twain was. Those that could tell me Mark Twain thought it was a fictional character, didn't know it was a real man that really did exist. Um,. You know, they they thought of Mark Twain as just another character like Tom Sawyer was. Um, but you know, some of your great American literature and one of your great Americans just kind of was losing 
losing the appeal with the public, and I think a lot of people were um, losing track of Tom Sawyer's Island, and even the company, Disney, was losing track of Tom Sawyer's Island. They, they let a lot of it go to pot. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's it's been rebuilt now since into its pirate stances, you know, Pirate's Lair, Pirate's Island. But it's to me, it's just kind of sad to lose the whole Mark Twain, Missouri, Hannibal, all that type of stuff. Where Hannibal meant a city in Missouri and not the name of a serial killer <laughs> in the movies, you know. Uh, anyways, um, um, that's the only thing I can think of as an underrated area. All right, well, I'm going to go um, the other way. I'm going to say what's overrated because I can't think of anything underrated. But the 1998 Tomorrowland you know Uh-oh. redo expansion makeover whatever the hell you want to call it i'm gonna say rocket yeah. rods completely that, overrated that, that was, piece of crap yeah it, it, yeah that was really really bad that makeover in 97 and tomorrow the only thing i can comment and compliment on it was something that i was pushing for years is why don't we talk to nasa and you know nasa has their whole uh network going they got lots of things they'd love to be able to show off let's talk to nasa and just get some free stuff from them that they could show off well they finally put the great american space Space experience experience in there for a couple and while it was there extremely popular uh i liked uh people people came and talk you know asked questions and talked about it and that was also when we had the uh columbia disaster when the columbia uh, broke apart during re-entry and we lost the astronauts there. No, no, that, that place for a couple of days. That was in 2003, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was yes. about 2003, but the but the uh, space experience was still there. Oh, okay. It was still there, and you want to talk about a place that was jam-packed with people. Um, suddenly, that, that thing, it was like looking at New York, you know, New York City people were just standing around the television since they were showing uh, the NASA channel 24-7 there, just watching what was going on, and then, of course, during the memorial ceremonies that took place over the next week. But, um, of course, that is now gone. So another sad thing that could be and should be and I'd like to see again. But, yeah, the rest of Tomorrowland was really, and still is, a, a abomination in my book. Yeah, it's it's the cartoon appearance of tomorrow. Yeah, it, it it definitely came into the whole concept of, you know, we're tired of trying to think of what the future might hold and trying to actually be futurist here. We're uh, just going to uh, make up a bunch of stuff on, you know, uh, pretend stuff, uh, kind of like horizons. What the what. We pictured the future to be 30 years ago is what we're going to build here now. We're not going to try to be a real Tomorrowland anymore. Horizons um, still fit better in Tomorrowland now than the way Tomorrowland is now. Well, Horizons was great because the whole storyline was, you know, let's view how we pictured the future to be and then let's see how it really ended up. What were we right on? What were we wrong on? To So now as we view the future today, what it's going to be like at 2030 you know, it gives us a comparison of what might we be right at, what might we be wrong at type deal. Um, and then, of course, as a friend of mine that used to work for uh, WED before it became WDI, 
Walt Disney Imagineering. He worked there, and then he worked at Disneyland for a long time. He's since retired, so it's easy to bring him up. Uh, he says, you know, Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland entrance, you know, you have two extremely popular rides there at Tomorrowland. One is Star Tours, and the other, of course, at the time they were introducing Buzz Lightyear. So we have these huge lines going into both rides. Uh, what should we do? We're going to put another attraction right smack dab in between them <laughs> to really jam up the Tomorrowland entrance uh -huh. and just destroy it all together by putting the Astro Orbiter right there in the middle of it all. So, yeah, just, and then, of course, we had the uh, Magic Bidet, or excuse me, Cosmic Waves, the water fountain that they put in Tomorrowland. Magic that, Bidet. Uh, it, <laughs> Full of yeah, bacteria. You, you had, <laughs> I swear, kids, kids you want to talk about it. That was so nasty. No, you, I, you had uncouth parents that would come in. They'd change. The, they'd put the child down on the sidewalk next to the fountain, take the diaper off, and then they'd hold the child over one of the fountains while it washes their backside, and then put a fresh diaper on. <laughs> what? No. And you're you're looking at this and going, you know, I'm about ready to walk through no. this fountain with this. Oh, please. Like, oh, gee, no, it, me. no, no, That's, no, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> no, no, seriously, that did happen. That was one of the reasons we got rid of it. That's too. so gross. That's where, that's where it got its name, the Magic Bidet. I just, so. I just thought it um, it had uh, yeah, too many people you know running through, and then they you know when what what do little kids do when they get wet? They they take a whiz. In their pants. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. You know, everybody oh, said, you know, this was a big mistake. And if I remember correctly, one of the first weekends we had it, we had some teenager, some 14, I think it was a 14-year-old kid. Uh, we have that big, now, I will say this is amazing. There's that big, giant granite ball. And for anyone that has any questions on it, that is real granite. It weighs about 10,000 pounds, and it is floating on a sheet of water. The water is actually... Um, it's running off tap water now, and we have to actually turn down the pressure on the tap water. Otherwise, it would lift the ball up too high. Oh, but oh, it, it, the way it's designed, it's very low pressure that holds that ball up and floats on top of the water. But, of course, we have this 14-year-old kid. He wants to get up on top of it, so he goes running and jumps to try to sit up on top of it, slips off, breaks his arm. So Dumbass. Dumbass, yeah. But, yeah, just bad things in Tomorrowland. I, I agree with you. Uh, overhyped Tomorrowland. It's nice to see some of it's coming back. Uh, right now they're putting new side. They're getting rid of the pavers in Tomorrowland. They're putting regular concrete sidewalks back in Tomorrowland. Okay. So that's what construction wall, that's what part of the Great Wall of Tomorrowland is up there for is they're putting the new sidewalks. I just saw some of the concrete that got poured today. It's going to be full sidewalks in there, as far as I can tell. We'll see as the next week comes by. Okay. So, shall we get out of the night? Or so. That was the '90s we were just going through. Yes, that was the '90s we were going through. So, shall we move on and catch up to present day? Sure. Or would you, do you have anything else that you wanted to add? Um, no, actually, I don't. You don't. No, cool. not for so 1990s. For for the 1990s so present day and we have to stay in disneyland we can't go to california Correct. adventure no okay so we can't adventure. we can't say that the whole premiere of opening up california adventure and the whole new resort everything that, that doesn't count we have to stay inside disneyland correct not a lot of choices okay <laughs> yeah um 
Doggone. Well, I, I'm going. I'm going to go back to my standard uh, most underappreciated attraction: the Main Street vehicles. Okay. Okay. Uh... Enough said. Yeah. Um. Uh... Premier attractions. Doggone, because everything all the whole premier lot. attractions went over to California Convention. Yeah, uh... everything went over to uh, with the Tower of Terror and. We got Buzz. We got Buzz Lightyear. We got Buzz which... Lightyear. Yeah, it's kind of unique in a way, but uh, because you had the target practice, it's like being in. I always like referring to it as like being inside an arcade game. Yeah, it it is like it is like being inside an arcade game. But here's the thing: it's I'm wondering if it's if it's an indication of where as a society we are with our entertainment. We are no longer satisfied with sitting. And rolling through an immersive experience, but now we have to take part in that immersive experience, a la Buzz and the new Toy Story Mania. Toy Story Mania, you know, you know good what I'm question saying? because yeah, because that that's been a question that's been coming up more and more, especially these last few years. You need to have more interaction going with your audience as they're going you through the ride. They don't to, want to just but there it seems there. it seems to be that there's a there's a I don't want to say a demand for that, but it's a draw for that. Yet, when Pirates of the Caribbean reopened after adding the new set pieces, which, of course, were they added some of the uh, tre- the treasure from the first movie got added to the treasure scene. Yeah, uh, yeah. Johnny Depp got added on a few things, and they actually used some of the music and some of the lines now directly from the movie. Um, people seem more than satisfied to see the additions and they're not that interactive they're still your traditional audio they're animatronics not, they're not interactive at all <laughs> no they're 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 and the, and people are still extremely enraptured by the whole thing uh same thing jungle cruise added a whole lot of things they added the piranhas into it they yeah, added yeah. the uh the guns and the explosions going on in the gorilla camp uh, again, these are not interactive things. These are showpieces that people sit back and enjoy the show, but I, they're still enjoying the show. So I don't know. You know, the interactive part of it, I think, is kind of fun and kind of cool. But, you know, when they opened up Toy Story, okay, I, you know, we went on Toy Story again when we went into California Adventure this last weekend. My kids still love it. They think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Uh, my wife likes it a lot. I enjoy myself, but I would not call Toy Story a premier attraction because you're just going from from video screen to video screen and playing video games in the attraction. It's, I mean, Buzz Lightyear to me has a lot more going for it because you actually have these great sets that they built in there with these targets that are in the sets and some of these targets move. Um, it's not a video game. Uh, you know, Toy Story is just a big video game to me. Uh, so well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm just, just wondering if, you know, if everything from now on has to have an interactive aspect to it. Where the, you know, I, th- I think that's just, I think that's just kind of a. Uh, what do you want to say? Just kind of like a, uh, a phase that we're going through. Okay. And if you notice. These particular attractions are Pixar attractions. They're Lassiter attractions. Um, You take a look at some of the other ones, uh, Tower of Terror, um, Soaring, 
which goes back 10 years, but soaring, uh, I'll still throw in there. Uh, these are not the quote-unquote interactive, but they still bring the audience very much into a, a very huge show attraction. So, okay. I don't know. I, I think it's just a phase that we're going through that... Um, I think I think we'll still got some new stuff that's coming down the pike. Um, some of the new things that they're talking about for Cars Land over <sighs> in a test track knockoff, uh, yeah. The test track, which is actually taking the same exact technology as uh, the Flycatcher. Oh, excuse me, I mean Rocket Rods. The Flycatcher. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you open your mouth too too <laughs> wide, you'll just catch flies as you go through. That's the only thing I. That's the only thing I saw accomplished in the Rocket Rods. Um, but you know, you used to, in Rocket Rods, uh, the GM test track over at Epcot Center, it's the same exact technology that they're running out across the desert racers there in Cars Land. Uh, you'll have the flying saucer back in the hubcaps. Again, these are not the interactive like Toy no, Story. No, no. no. They're, they're attractions that you're riding on, I think, and I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how well they work. So I think it just happened to be a phase on the interactive parts. We also got subs reopening, if you want to count that as a... I, you know, I, I was going to throw that one in. Um, you know, 97, what was it, 98, 98. submarines w were decommissioned. And they said, yep, submarines are gone. Florida went so far as they poured concrete and yeah, got rid of the subs altogether. Yeah, yeah. Fortunately, we did not do that at Disneyland, and we were able to... Uh, bring back the submarines better than before uh my only concern is it's a little cartoony for me i kind of like the original undersea adventure of liquid space yes that we had and i would have liked to have seen something more a little futuristic than cartoon you know greg's big complaints uh buzz lightyear doesn't belong in tomorrowland he's a cartoon he's not real space ranger uh, i would have to say the same thing with finding nemo doesn't belong in Tomorrowland. He's a fantasy land. He's a cartoon. He doesn't belong in Tomorrowland. But it is nice to see the subs back. Yeah. And I see I see my you know when I take my kids on it, you know, I see the I see the same, you know, buying into it that that I had, you know, when I was a kid. Of course Yeah. There's a little bit less because, you know, talking fish and whatnot, but you know, <laughs> yeah, they still think they're going underwater and all that. So, you know. yeah, um, and, and and again, it's that cartoon aspect. It feels like you're just watching a cartoon out that you don't you get don't get the feeling that, wow, I'm underwater right now. I'm going through caverns and seeing things that no one has seen before because I'm really in a real submarine underwater. No, I'm watching a cartoon. This is the same as what I get at home on the television screen. Exactly. So. All right. Well, we've hit them all. And we we've and, gone through fifty years of fifty uh, three years of Disney we've here. We've missed a lot. I mean, we've glossed over a lot, but you know, oh. it's, uh, you know, let's hope it sparks discussion on the thing. boards or what have you. You know, it's uh, yeah, it's it is what it is. Now, I'm going to jump and let me see if there's any. Thing coming up we have lots of show ideas I wonder what we're going to talk about next gotta go back to May here 
I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking about upcoming episodes. This is the tease, the hook. Upcoming ep- yeah, the, the tease, the hook. The, the hook, yeah. Those, those are technical terms, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Someone wants to know, oh, show suggestion. Uh, Walt came back from the grave, and you were chosen to give him a tour of the parks. How would you show would Walt die. the parks? Oh, sorry. Yes. Um, for example, or would you take him on attractions? Would you point out details on the ride to stay quiet? So, might be, <laughs> it might be fun. Let's see. Yeah, it could be kind of a fun uh, Someone asked about it to go over... Well, I don't want to read this because it's a it's a it's a term that may or may not be uh, copyrighted on another podcast show. So we'll talk about that this one offline. Let's see, uh, Disneyland nineteen sixty nine. There's 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 lots of stuff out here. We need to yeah. So I I, w- I will throw in. Please continue to write. We will yes. once again start making shows on a regular basis again we had a little bit of a uh, time off here for the end of summer with a lot of business that was going on and also trying to get some vacation time here but we are back yep and we'll, we'll be on the weekly we're, we're, the weekly schedule weekly schedule barring yep. any incidents i just had to rebuild this one computer from scratch it's you know but now it's humming in it's humming along swimmingly right it's humming along so far so good knock on wood so, so yep you know the email addresses if you if you have to email that other third dude you know his address otherwise yeah, uh, richard still, richard and i are here for you him. richard yep. and i are here for you send us send us show suggestions send us comments and uh so. i think with that uh, maybe we'll just say good night no? That works for me. All right. Yeah, that, I, I like. Good night. Good night. Well, me and Mark Twain were having us a ball, telling each other lies, floating down from Hannibal with a bottle and a worm and a cane pole. We were fishing for secrets where the cat. Mississippi River flowing downstream Meet the Gulf of Mexico somewhere Downstream meet the Atlantic Ocean somewhere Downstream gonna meet you in the water somewhere Downstream Well, we picked up Harry Truman floating down from Independence. We said, what about the war? He said, good riddance. We said, what about the bomb? Are you sorry that you did it? He said, pass me that bottle and mind your own business. And the Mississippi River flowing downstream. Meet the Gulf of Mexico somewhere. Downstream, meet the Atlantic Ocean somewhere. Downstream, gonna meet you in the water somewhere.
somewhere downstream Meet the Atlantic Ocean somewhere downstream Gonna meet you in the water somewhere downstream 